0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Bank System Podcast 154. This is our 2021 The Players' Championship and Qatar Masters Tips and Picks episode. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamper, to discuss this week's PGA Tour and European Tour action. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit BeGambleAware.org for more information and, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews, masses of tournament statistics and our predictor models, all available, completely free of charge. There is no paywall. Please subscribe to this podcast and drive the popularity of the show. We are available on social media. On Twitter, Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Paul is at golf betting. You're inching towards those ten thousand, Paul. It's getting there. i You are, aren't you? You're close. And um, and I am at Bamford Golf. Barry, we're going to have to get you over two thousand. I think so. Give Barry a follow. Let's 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 drive him towards two thousand followers.
1: That sounds so charitable. I'll take it. <laughs> Thanks.
0: You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. I am smiling, Barry, as I'm reading this. Please look out for the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I've just recorded this week's show. And, of course, take time to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. This is the podcast currency. It's the most important thing you can do as a listener. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Here are three reviews that we've received over recent weeks. The first one is entitled, Great Show, Five Stars. This is from Morny 73 in the UK. Excellent show, great stats, great information, but also a bit of a different look to some of the alternative podcasts, which is always helpful, getting a different take. Keep up the good work, lads. That's from morning 73 Number two, great weekly podcast, five stars. This is from Clown World 2020. He, he, again, is in the UK. Really fantastic weekly podcast, covers all the key points you'll need to make an informed decision with, When placing your bets. Great stuff, guys. That was decision I said there. Rather than decision.
2: Easy for you to say, Steve.
0: I know. And now... Silence. This is an actual monumental moment. This is the 100th UK review on Apple Podcasts. It was written by Alex He He's in Glasgow. Um, And... It's entitled, Top Golf Chat 5 Stars. This golf podcast is truly outstanding. If you love watching and betting on golf, then this pod is a must listen every week. I listen every Tuesday without fail. Please keep up the good work, Barry, Paul and Steve. And that is from Alex Dananey, and he is in the UK. Thank Br- you. Brilliant stuff, uh, yeah.
1: Nice one, Alex. Giving me top billing. I'm all over that.
0: Mm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah.
0: You're an infrequent visitor, Barry, and I know, for, I know for a fact that people really enjoy it when you're on the show, rather than just Paul and I wittering away.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I just it's good to have you back on, Barry, and uh, thank you all the listeners who've uh, managed to get us over that 100 barrier for, uh, for reviews. Very much appreciated, and the feedback um, is always well appreciated,
0: too. If we've we've crashed through 100 reviews in America we've now crashed through 100 in the UK I just need some more from Ireland so if you're over in the Emerald Isle and you've got a spare 5 seconds if you could write us a 5 star review that would be absolutely fantastic now we've got an absolutely packed show Qatar then the players got to be quick Let's qu- 30 seconds on the Arnold Palmer Invitational um, 12 to 1 Bryson DeChambeau gets the job done hmm um, my summary of the event was that Bryson DeChambeau went in contention and we mentioned this a few weeks ago when we went through the win stats the top 5 each way payout stats when he gets in the mix he just doesn't disappear and I just think he's as hard as nails in contention Yeah, hmm. and when he's when he's holding 45 foot putts down the hill for pars, like he did on the back nine, you just when that when that when that putt landed and went in, I just thought, well, that's it's done and dusted. Yeah, it was his week,
1: but it um, wasn't. God, Westy drove him so close. Yeah, he really did. That putt was a hammer blow, but mm. Westy then dropped one from about twenty foot on the next hole. It was just like I'm not going away. Um, I mean the key the key moment was Westy uh, coming up short of the green on the sixteenth from 157
0: yeah he was clearly trying well. to
1: just sneak it over and stay uh in the bowl section um uh, t- didn't quite pull it off but it, and then obviously and then missing that five footer or five six footer he left himself was uh that was it was once just that one shot too many you knew it at the time as well um mm. that like that, that event was so much fun to watch they yeah. they let the course progress through the week they just you know whatever and weather cooperated nicely so it got firmer and bouncier as the whole week went on and it turned into such an entertaining sunday night between bryson and westy yeah it's nice to um, see it when it's yeah. tough
2: as well isn't it to see see the guys having to having to play some different shots and to you know struggle a bit as well which uh, golf was, was so good. much
1: more interesting when the balls bouncing around a bit and yeah, it's not dark board when the ball releases
0: a little bit on those yeah. on those greens, isn't it a different, a whole different ball? I mean, we at the end of the day on the PGA Tour, if you're listening in Florida, which you won't be, but all you want is some variation on some of the tournaments. You want some tournaments that are birdie fests, and you want some tournaments that are hard golf courses where the players have to work. And that was certainly last week, wasn't it? It was it was it was fun to watch. Yeah, it and, was you fun. know that, that head mm-hmm. to head with Bryson and Lee Westwood was fantastic. I don't think you'd have picked Westwood going into that. No. But no, um no. again, another player under the cosh to get into the Ryder Cup and pulls out a fantastic um haul of World Golf Championship points last week, Lee Westwood, and can so easily have won his third PGA tour
1: event. Mm. If, he not away, he? if he had put it average. If he had put it average for the week. He lost five strokes in the Greens throughout the week. Mm.
2: Yeah, but that's Westy, isn't it? You know, there's there's players you kind of build that in, in into the equation for, and uh, he's never yeah. been the, never been the best on the greens. Um, although you know he's got some decent um, decent desert form over in the European Tour, which kind of translates uh, to the to the surfaces last week. But but yeah, yeah, impressive, really impressive to see him push uh, Deshambo all the way, and uh, a lot of fun watching Bryson during the course of the week as well. Despite you know it's clearly going to split opinion as ever, but, um, but I I quite enjoyed it, I must say.
1: I take it back. I read the wrong stats. I read round four strokes gain putting. He lost. He lost just over a stroke in round four, but he was about flat for the weekend putting. Yeah. So, but there's that one shot. I guess you know it was that five six footer on sixteen was the yeah. the key difference.
0: I think the two turning points were Deshambo holding that forty five footer, and Westwood coming up short on that par five. Yeah, hmm. and when Bryson held that, he just thought eh, it's kind of he loves Arnold Palmer. He was close to him. Said in the pod last week. You know, if you wanted a target tournament where he gives it everything to win it, it's this one, yeah. and he got the job done. I think that course does suit. Him. I mean, you just look at those three at the top there: Deshambo, Westwood, and Cory Connors. You know, prop. You know, when they're on top form, proper ball strikers. Mm. So yeah, good tournament, and also interesting to see Jordan Spieth near the top of the leaderboard again all week.
2: Yeah, on his uh, on his debut there as well, wasn't it? It's not normally yeah. part of his uh, schedule. at uh Bay Hill, so. Uh interest in form once again.
0: He went okay until I slipped a cheeky tenor on him on, the, on Saturday <laughs> night, and then all of a sudden the putter went cold. Oh dear. There you go, a kiss it right, death, Steve. I know it's always there. The KOD, right? Let's talk Qatar Masters first, Paul. Yep. Um, European Tour returns. I think it's a good thing. There's a lot of high quality European Tour players that haven't played golf for a, a chunk of time. The Qatar Masters clearly a regular spot on the European tour or I know that they have changed the golf course mm. um do you want to take us through
2: it yeah yeah as you say it's the first event for what five weeks now and um, mm. we've got this we've got a couple of weeks in Kenya so they're doing it back to back in Kenya to follow and then then we go into the WGC in the um, the master season and as to what happens after that we'll have to see because there's still some well, still some um, uncertainty I guess about this Iberian swing which will happen post masters but uh, fingers crossed that all happens and uh, we see some action over in the uh, the canary islands i think we're heading to um with any luck anyway back to this week and we're back to the um alathabel designed education city golf club that we saw for the first time last year for the qatar masters got a field of 144 and headline by thomas peters 18 to 1 uh, thomas detry 20 to 1 Antoine Rosner twenty-twos, Andy Sullivan twenty-fives, Matthias Schwab twenty-fives, George Kutseyer twenty-eights, uh, Rasmus Hogar thirty Kurt Kitsuyama, 33, same price for Adrian House. And then you've got the likes of Aaron Rye, Laurie Cantor, 35s, 40 to 1 bar. So, to your point, Steve, yeah, it's it's quite a, quite a solid field for a European tour. Of yeah. And, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, these guys have been a bit starved of um, of action. So, it's good to see a few of them heading out to Qatar for this week. And uh, it actually sets up for quite an attractive betting heat, I must say. Um, there, were, there were many players that I could have uh, plumped for in the end. Um, which is always a good sign i think and um, onto the course um, and on paper actually it doesn't differ that much from the old track that we used to see at Do- doha golf club so similar kind of length 7307 yards for a past 71 it's an exposed desert track as you'd expect in the region this one's slightly more parkland in style than uh, than the old track slightly more inland as well the other side of the Qatari capital. Um, but still, only a couple of miles away from the old track, so you know I, I don't think you disregard completely the um the old form from from Doha over the years. Uh, platinum plat- platinum a paspalum grass has been used throughout and on the greens, of course. Um, so if you're looking for comparable courses, Oman's a good one. Saudi, um, the events that have been played in Mauritius, always worth a look as well. Uh, last year, Jorge Campillo won 125 to 1, 13 under was his total, so it wasn't a complete birdie fest. And looking at the forecast this week as well, Friday, Saturday in particular, and Sunday, looked like they could be really quite windy. We're talking 15 20 miles an hour, a standard, and potentially gusting 30 plus on Saturday as well, which. Oh, wow. Which could make it quite um it could make it quite tricky i like mm. personally i think with that 13 under I'd, I'd be surprised if they hit that number i wouldn't be surprised if it's a single figure winning okay. total this
0: week quite technical then it's going to be yeah. it could be grind
2: could be quite a grind and in the lead up to last year's event on the uh, the Monday Tuesday it was quite windy when they were practicing and you could see that from the interviews and the way the players were talking and they all said at the time if if the wind picks up around there it's going to be really really quite a uh, test and uh, it wasn't too bad there was a bit of wind last year but it wasn't it wasn't what we were expecting to see this year as well so i think that's uh, i think that will play a part this week um, it is kind of set up for that though the, the fairways are quite generous um if you look at the stats from last year, clearly we've only got last year to go on. Um, the accuracy stats between the whole field were really quite consistent. You know, A lot of people were hitting that kind of 60-70% bracket, which, which tells you that the, um, the, the fairways are quite wide and most people are playing to similar kind of parts as well. Um, greens and regulation stats were really quite consistent as well. So the real differentiator last year was on and around the greens. Um, In terms of driving distance, it's a 7,300 yard course, but three of the top five finished 60th or worse in terms of driving distance for the week. So that tells you a story about the requirements and suggests that, I mean, you only got one one example, of course, but suggests that driving distance isn't the be all and end all here. And that bears out in the par four and par five stats as well, because par four scoring between the top five players was deeper than the par five scoring. So... Generally, you'll find par five scoring is far more, um, you're picking up far more shots than the fives and the fours over the course of the week, but that wasn't it, it was reversed last year. So um, combined with the fact that driving distance didn't look like a, a major factor, um, I've kind of taken the assertion from that, that this, is, this isn't a track that overly suits bombers, and uh, I think you'll find that uh, any kind of player can, uh, can compete around here, particularly ones who've got a good, strong, short game, I think. Uh, Top five last year, they all finished inside the top 25 for strokes gained around the green. So I think if you add to the fact that there's going to be wind and you're likely to find more players missing more greens this year, then putting, scrambling, sand saves as well. There's a lot of sand around. Uh, Sand saves could be an important factor this year as well. So... Um, yeah, I've kind of leaned more heavily than ordinary on um, ordinarily on, uh, on on the short game aspects this week. Good touch on around the greens, I think It's going to be uh, is going to be key. Uh, just some trends. I mean, you have got this uh, scenario where we've switched courses, so trends may be a bit more um, difficult to pluck out. But if you go back to twenty ten, each winner had a um, top thirteen finish or better in their last seven starts. So a tiny little bit of. Uh, Current form isn't bad. Um, saying that, Jorge Campillo last year, his last four events coming into this were <laughs> miscut, miscut, 67th, missed cut. And for a player who'd finished second in this corresponding event on the other course the previous year, with progressive course or event form of 20th, 13th, mm-hmm. second, um, to pick him up at 125 to 1. And you know, a name plays. It's not as if we've never heard of Campillo either. Um, mm. was, um, you know, if you could have overlooked that aspect of his current form, then, uh, then clearly it was a decent price for a player who played well in the region before. But yeah, I, I guess, you know, as I say, there's there's only so much you can draw from the previous events here because um, they, you know, apart from last year, they were at different events. So yeah, key for me, length, less important, short game, wedge game as well, wind play. Um, coastal form comes into that because you, a lot of your coastal events or have contained uh, you know, players who can play well in the wind as well. And Whilst this is a little bit inland, of course, if it is windy, which it suggests, then uh, looking at players who've played well by the coast and in windy conditions in the past um, isn't a bad starting point, I don't think. And, of course, a bit of passable and green putting as well on those events that I talked about, the likes of Oman and Saudi over the years as well. Well worth a look. Um, boiling down then, I've backed five players in total. You know, I, you look at the top of the top of the um, betting, and we talked about this last week, Steve, every time you get the likes of Thomas Detry and Thomas Peters in the betting, they tend to top the list of these um, hmm. the, the, these kind of run-of-the-mill European tour events. But they, they just don't they tend don't to win. They're done. they're it's, you know they, they, They're flat-out to deceive, don't they? But again, they're sitting there at the top of the betting, and... Um, I don't know if if you were stuck with wanting to you know stick see that see these players through and stick with them until they won you'd be um, hemorrhaging money um, over the last uh, few months and years Uh, despite the fact that these guys are clearly very very capable players but um, yeah I steered clear of the Belgian pair in fact I've looked quite a bit further down. the closest I came to backing one of the guys at the top was George and then Oh, no.
0: Thank God
2: you Just fast. George. Had a stern word for myself and, and moved away. He, <laughs> he, 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 does, he does have... That's like
0: good. me and Paul Casey oh, this no. week. You cannot do that.
2: <laughs> we'll come to that later on, Steve um mm. the um yeah he's got a good record around the qatar and in the, in the desert in general could say but uh, i couldn't do it i've 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 gone a bit further down i've started my team with matthew jordan the, the young englishman of 50 to 1 um and he was born and bred on the wirral and um, used to a bit of weather of course um st andrew's trophy winner when he was uh, a, a, an amateur living the trophy winner when he was an amateur as well um turned pro fifth at the dunhill links in 2019 Um, and impressed last year really third at Celtic Manor when it played tough you remember the second of those two events played at Celtic Manor the second one that's Wales Open played much much tougher Um, and he came third there Um, ninth and twelfth in the two events at Cyprus they could well be a good point of those two events if you go through the top five finishers from this last year each one of them played well in one or other or both of the two Cyprus events at the back end of last year so Um, That's a good starting point as well um, for for whittling down the team. So, yeah, 9th and 12th in Cyprus. 28th here last year. Um, The putter was dead cold last year. I think he was fifty-seventh, something like that, for putting on the week. But if you look at his recent putting stats, um, he's been top top 10 for putting in five of his last eight outings. So his putter's warm. Um, He's made 12 straight cuts. Last year, 21st for strokes going around the green, 12th for sand saves. Decent short game, and um, for me, he's, he fits the bill completely. And he's one of these young players who I think is um, just about due a breakthrough. And uh, this could well be the week for Matthew Jordan. So, uh, yeah, quite happy to uh, to to take a chance on him, at fifty to one. Um, backing that up with Chris Paisley at sixty six is another um, true putting and short game expert. Seventh year last year, um, he gained nearly nine strokes on these uh, greens here last year. And again, talking about his short game, 15th for scrambling on the full year last year. Second for sand saves, ninth for strokes gained around the green. That's his game in a nutshell. There's some decent outings recently as well. Seventh in Abu Dhabi, which was clearly a Rolex series event, a decent level. Um, 21st in Saudi. Um, doesn't really suit as much, I guess, but um, in terms of that field, another star-studded event, in fact, that was a better quality field than the Dubai, or the Abu Dhabi event, rather. So two decent outings there. Um, and a couple more top five finishes in the desert over the years, Dubai and Abu Dhabi, also ninth in Oman, which we talked about in terms of the Passport and Greens there. It's a bit of an erratic sort in terms of his um, finishes. There's a lot of missed cuts in there as well, but when he plays well, he does tend to finish in that kind of top five, top seven position so from each way punt at 66 is quite happy to take that one on um, and three more longer prices this week no particularly short prices in my in my team at all this week and um, Pablo Larathabel 100 to one decent wind player and um, the Spaniard only when it's um only when it's dry in might if it's wet and windy then he doesn't particularly like it but uh, if it's dry and windy it levels the field quite a bit and uh, particularly if there's a bit of width which there is a bit of width out here on the uh, on the fairways as well and you look through his record, you know, in terms of his CV, he's got a far, far better record than the vast majority of the players here. Five decent wins to his name, um, one of which was in Abu Dhabi, where you remember he held off um, Lefty and Rory McIlroy back then in 2014. It's also one at the Golf National, which is another tough and exposed track, which could have some correlation this week as well. Um, it's just his incoming form that kind of puts um, put the, put the uh, layers off at least, cut 53-51, so not a great deal from three outings this year so far, but looking at last year's performance here, he finished seventh off of similar run of form really, he topped putting for the week, um, he shot the best round of the week as well, uh, 63 on Saturday, and as I say, he's, he's not in dissimilar form coming into to this week, so... Um, with his strong wedge, strong short game, second for strokes gained around the green last year, um, I'll, ta- I'll take a chance now. him. Certainly, when he's, he's flashed a little bit of uh, long game form at the uh, Saudi in- uh, International as well, ninth for strokes gained approach, which is uh, which is good for Pablo. So, um, yeah, but put it all together, I think he's a decent punter, hundred to one. Um, and two even longer prices Adrian Sadier at 250 to 1. And uh, if you're looking at Campio last year with his incoming form, what did I say? Miscut, miscut. 67 miscut, I think it was, then um, Sadio's four consecutive miscuts coming into this um, trumps that a little bit. But uh, that's why you're getting the price on him. I don't, I don't think he's that bad. I mean, The other thing you can, uh, you can pick out from Campillo is he'd finished fourth and second in Oman over the years. And uh, Sadio's got a couple of top, te- top threes there, actually. Top three finishes, one on the Challenge Tour and one when it was played on the European Tour as well. And if you go back before those miscuts, sixth at the Scottish Championship... Ninth at the Cyprus Open again, which I talked about a second ago. And at the Cyprus Open, he only made one bogey during the course of the week. He got up and down 15 out of 16 times. So, clearly the short game is working very nicely back then. Uh, Twelfth here last year. um, And uh, whilst we've not seen him this year, there's plenty on his um, social media to suggest that he's been preparing and practising hard and seems quite comfortable and happy with the way that his game's progressing. So... Um, happy to take a chance on him at 250 to 1. And happy to take a chance on SSP Chaurasia at 300 to 1. Your um, old mucker. My old mate, Chipatzia,
0: yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> he, uh, You can you not get 350s if you take five each way. I took 300 to 1 with eight places just to oh, give him Barry. a little bit extra. Barry, he's learning. He's learning. I've told you, Barry, I listen. I listen to, to, to what you preach.
1: He doesn't so, yeah. listen to me, but he listens to you, <laughs> Uncle Barry. The <laughs> so yeah, SSP cash train coming in.
2: <laughs> so you, you watch you watching finish fifth now, and I could have had quarter of the odds. But uh, yeah, no, I've taken 300 to 180 each way. Um, and if you go back to the to, to what I talked about in the preamble, assuming that lack of length of the tee is still a factor here, which I, I think it is, um, that gives the likes of Chow Reyes a chance. And of course, Therese is the shortest player on tour, um, and he has to offset that with a decent wedge game and a decent short game, but he's got both of those in spades. He's very, very good um, on and around the greens. Four European tour wins in total, all of them in India, um, but clearly capable, and he's got a little bit of form outside of India as well. Um, And he's been striking the ball really well for pretty much for 18 months, give or take. You know, the odd blip here or there, but, but it's been some good stuff, and... Over his last three starts on the PGTI on the Indian tour, he's finished thirteenth, fourth, and then third um, a couple of weeks back. So, brings some decent incoming form into this. Twenty um, eighth year last year, ninth um, going into Sunday. So, it's uh, it's got some course form. It's got some good current form, um, and if it does turn in turn into a wedge and um, short game, um, experts track and uh, you know, that, that's the key differentiator this week then um, I want Chaurasia on the team at that kind of price so uh, yeah I'll take a chance in him uh, so that's my five yeah I'll just recap Chaurasia 300 to 1 Sadie Adrian Sadier 250s Pablo Larathabel 100 to 1 Chris Paisley at 66s and Matthew Jordan at 50 to 1 at the very top any catch your eyes chaps
0: I, if you're going off the. I mean, literally, this is like 30 seconds of, of research. Um, Marcus Kinnell? Mm. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Third in 20,
0: guitar, yeah, yeah. Third in 2018. Seventh last year here. And you're just saying technical, windy, someone with a coastal heritage. Well, we know with Kinnell, he turns up in, on all those kind of tests. And, you know. Campeo last year came off was it three missed cuts and a 60 something yeah yeah,
2: yeah yeah, yeah,
0: well so far this year you've got Kinalt missed cuts 60th and 70th wouldn't be surprised you know if, I think you know, he yeah. pop, pops up at the top of the leader boy oh, Kinalt yeah oh god yeah good in the wind good by the coast 100 to 1
2: yeah no it did it did uh, it did come into the equation for me as well it, it, it's it, it's an interesting dynamic this week, isn't it? Because you can look at Campio from last year. Um, you can look at his incoming form and say, well, "Okay, that's that." You know, you've got a sample of one, but that, tell, that suggests that you don't need to be in start, sparkling form. You also look at the fact that there have only been three European Tour events, and clearly, the, you know, one of them was a Rolex Series event. One of them was this star-studded event in Saudi. Mm. Um, some players either haven't played at all, or they've been playing in very, you know, in in, in higher quality company. And their incoming form might look poor. It might look artificially poor. So, so yeah, it it, it, it does beg a lot of questions about players a little bit further down who, who could turn around what looks like some particularly bad incoming form and, uh, and perform well at a decent price. And he is a decent price. He was he was about 100-1, to 1, wasn't he? Kinalt's
0: win at the Betfred British Masters, which was at Southport by the sea. Hmm. Inbound, miscut, 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 miscut first. yep. <laughs>
1: How could you miss that? Exactly,
0: oh. and and his previous outings, he was seriously negative, both tee to green and putting. Mm. So he's abs- he's another one. He's you said off mic. Um, I can't, I can't believe I'm going to try and link Marcus Knott to Bryson DeChamber. Um <laughs> But you get these players that literally find something and then just go out and become contending. Yeah. Sort of monsters that week, and um, we saw it with Deshambo last week. Who was he was showing flashes, but if you were looking at DraftKings percentages for last week, Deshambo of the top five or six in DraftKings was the least played because no one wanted to go near him. Mm. Um, but anyway, Kidult's the kind that could just pop up. I think. So yeah, that, uh, that, that's my shout. There's
2: there's far worse bets out there. I think far worse. And any, any for you, Barry?
1: I was find these hard when there's been a break and the vast majority of the field are in in terms of high level tour um outings have had a good few weeks off um i think you can see that in the way the odds are kind of spread across the field as well the bookies have no real outright favorites
2: it's
1: just the two big names at the top are just you know inserted at standard odds so i find these very difficult weeks um I might just hang on until it's in running and see does anybody mm-hmm. catch my fancy. Yeah. Um, just a partisan bet on Paul Dunn. I know he's been out there in the Middle East for a number of weeks now, working on his game and playing some golf. So, you know, maybe the full acclimatization could be the little trigger or uh, that he needs to kind of get things back on track. So Yeah. yeah that's no- it for me for now.
2: Yeah, no, I can see he's it. It, 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 he's better than his results have been done, isn't he? So uh, at some point he'll he'll
1: click. I think he's throwing in the the catastrophe scores that just completely derailed the week. You know, he, his last outing he had an, uh, he was two under, you know, early on in his back nine and throws in a quad and it just uh, those kind of things uh, when you're not making six or seven birdies like uh, Victor Hovland, you know, they're, they're sucker punches and kind of knock you out for the week and just drive you back. a uh, yeah. A little notch or two of confidence. So, yeah. Yeah. The Kinalt shade's a good one. He's got... like, he, I think when it gets to the, the events get to like this, let's say, level, it's harder to identify the, the closers in the field. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and then you're kind of just banking on grabbing that place. And uh, from the starting position of most of the field not having played in five weeks it becomes even more of a lottery, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the other one, who, a very similar kind of um, scenario to Kinnell, um who was close to me, was John Catlin, who played yep. um, well at the back end of last year, got a couple of wins on tough tracks as well. Um, and again, gone right off the boil, but you can kind of understand that, can't you? You know, he's, he's got a couple of wins. He's expended all of that um, physical and mental energy to, to achieve that and uh, took his foot off the accelerator, but, um, 125 to one for a player who has got those two wins in relatively recent times. Um, at you know not a dissimilar level to this, and not a dissimilar level of difficulty. Um, assuming that the conditions are going to be reasonably tricky this week. So again, another one if you can just overlook that recent form, that very recent form um, could be a uh, could be a decent punt. But yeah, that's me. So we uh, crack on with the uh, players.
0: The Players Championship. It's the fifth major. Stop that. No, I just, it's not. I say, that, I say that every year just for you, Barry. It's clearly oh. not the fifth major. But it is the PGA Tours premium event. 156 man field this year, which is the largest we've ever seen. Um, that makes sense. I think what they've done is, because they clearly pulled the event last year after Thursday, um, everyone that was entered in that has also had an invite to this. That's kind of what I've read. It doesn't really need too much introduction. Clearly, if if you're new to golf betting, uh, they play this on the stadium course. TPC Sawgrass, which is Ponte Vedra Beach in Florida. Um, It's the PGA Tour headquarters. It's where they all come to the office every day. Um, and give you um, apps that don't update the uh, skill stats since they've done their deal with Amazon. We we, we won't go down that track. Uh, It's a short track, 7,189 yards. And you think, okay, par 70. No, 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 par 72. So your full set of four par fives. And this is what puts me off Tony Fee now. Holes with water hazards, 14. 14 holes with genuine water hazards. I think I've read there's 22 or 25 water hazards. Yeah. You know, not these ones that are kind of 50 yards in front of the tees where you and I would hit the ball into, Paul. No, no, no. Genuine water play. hazards. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my view on this golf course is it's it's kind of, it's almost devil incarnate. It's it, You make a mistake, it gets seriously punished. And I think this golf course is more a test of mental state than golf skill state, if you see what I mean. Because what it does, this golf course takes away a lot of the advantages that the very best players in the world have. And that is pure power off the tee. And, you know, that ability to gain strokes both off the tee and on approach. Because this golf course is very much. Metronomic mistakes are punished. Don't get me wrong; it's scoreable, and I think it's going to be scoreable this week. The way that I'm looking at the weather, um, it's had a lot of. They've had a lot of rain here in February. I, I've got records going back to 2014. I've never seen a wetter Florida uh, Ponte Vedra Beach number than the one I've saw, saw for February this year. They've had a lot of rain. I think the golf course is going to be quite lush and green. I don't think it's going to be Bay Hill. I think it's going to be lush and green. And there's no wind. You're looking at 10, 12 mile an hour wind on Sunday and actually a lot. Mm. So I think 17, 18 under par. I think it's going to be scorable. But if you've got, you know, if you're walking on the tee and you've got one of those, you know, one in 10 of your drives are absolutely wayward out there, um, you're making quads. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you don't want to be throwing those kind of uh, numbers in. Uh, particularly, if, if you're going to need to get up to that kind of, as you say, kind of higher teen score this week, then uh, you're not going to be able to make those mistakes and get away with it.
0: It's This tournament as well, tradition... Well, it's had two. It's had different kind of positions. Originally, it was always played in March... Um, and then I think it was two thousand and six, or two. It was two thousand and six, I believe. Stephen Ames won. I'm desperately looking for my sheet of paper with all the information, but it's at the bottom of my pile. Um, here we go. I found it. Two thousand and six. Stephen Ames. He was the last guy of that run to um, to win in March, and then in twenty nineteen, it came back to this March date, and Rory McElroy won. And one of the things Rory said. This golf course in March compared to May is is, uh, is very, very different. It's softer. It gives someone like me the chance to use driver more often. Yeah. I can be more aggressive and there's nowhere near as much Bermuda rough around the greens, mm-hmm. So the chipping is far easier. He said that's why this goal, he said, you know, I'd, I'd be amazed if the scoring average for for this week isn't um, lower than what we saw for events that were held here in May. Yeah. And he was kind of right because, you know, I'm looking here going back to, uh, we got 2015, 72.08, 2016, 72.06. There was the year that Siwoo Kim won. It paid 73.29 that year. Um, and then last year it was 71.5, so it was more scoreable in in March because it's just softer and the and the grass is overseeded now. The greens are also overseeded, and this is you know Steve's agronomy bit. Try and stick with me, listeners. I know I'm going through this, but I think this is quite important. Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass greens. Okay, the base of these greens are Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass. That's fact. That hasn't changed. But they are now overseeded, and they are overseeded with Poa Trivialis and Velvet Bent grass. So they're not Bermuda grass greens anymore. They're a mix of Trivialis and Velvet Bent grass. And I think that brings different players into the equation a bit more.
2: So, what do you think they'll, they'll play? Like Ben, is that is that your kind of view? A know,
0: lot, there'll be a lot less grain in them. Yeah,
2: yeah, quite smooth. And who
0: and who did we see shoot the best score yeah. on Thursday last year here? Yeah. Hideki yeah. Matsuama shot a nine under sixty three. Yeah. Now that's one round of golf. I get that, but Hideki has always been for me a player that struggles on Bermuda grass greens. He, I mean, the guy cannot putt. Let's be frank. But on Bermuda grass, he's far worse than Ben grass.
2: We've had all the of same. Sudden, yeah.
0: He just pops up from nowhere, bang, nine under, 63. And he came in the top 10 in 2019 when McElroy won the first year they played it with the same greens again. Mm. we had the same
2: kind of scenario with, with Matsuyama at, um, at Phoenix, haven't we? Which. Again, it's got it's got a um, it's got a Bermuda base, isn't it? But then it gets overseeded, and uh, clearly his record there is incredible. Um, and if you look at it just at a raw, you know, oh, it's Bermuda glass greens, and therefore uh, Matsuyama can putt them. It, it doesn't play like that, does it? it play, again, it plays likely very similar to how we're going to see this this week pan
0: out. I think. Do you want a list of players in this field that have won on these kinds of greens? Yeah, go so for I can them. give it to you. Two wins: Hideki Matsuyama, Phil Mickelson. There you go. One win each. Casey, Corey Connors, Ricky Fowler, Russell Henley, Charlie Hoffman, J.B. Holmes. I don't know why I put J.B. Holmes because he's not actually in this field. There you go. Um, We've got Andrew Landry. I'll I'll get rid of that. Rory McIlroy, Ryan Palmer, Ian Poulter, John Rahm, Adam Scott, Webb Simpson, Kyle Stanley, Brendan Steele, Jimmy Walker, and Gary... Woodland, Gary Woodland. You must be tempted this week, Barry. Isn't he 100, 175 to 1 or something crazy?
1: Nope. Well, only because I can afford to not go back Gary. That's a, that's a hard pass. Well, I, yeah, I can afford to not back Gary because I've, I've had my win on Gary. You know. um, 200 to
0: 1, 200 to 1, Gary Woodland.
1: Just shows you. I know, it's okay. I got him at 100 for the US Open, Steve. But like, um, he, just, he seems to be... Adjusting to the new uh, lighter frame, he now has, uh, and then apparently was, has been coming through uh, some hip issues. So, just uh, look if Gary goes ahead and does it, amazing. Dead happy to watch it happen. So, uh, but not getting my money. <clears throat> the bookies aren't Gary. Could I'd buy Gary a few beers
0: <laughs> for for reference? Waste Management Phoenix Open always was played on these greens. And who have we seen win there recently? Webb Simpson won on these kind of greens. And Tony Fee now goes well in Phoenix these days. Ricky Fowler has won on those kind of greens at Phoenix. Also, the tournament they play, the Valero Texas Open, that's played on similar greens down at TPC San Antonio. And they also used to play on these kind of greens at Redstone the week before the the Masters. Paul, I, I'm loath to say it, but Paul Casey has won that in the past. And if you look at how Casey is playing at the moment, um, there's worse bets out there at that kind of price point than Paul Casey, if you fancy a good each-way pump. One that also sits on that list, who has finished sixth here in the past, and who is absolutely um, hitting the cover off the ball right now, is Brendan Steele. Yeah. Um, Steel. I've, I mean, I'm seeing him at 225 to one with eight places at Bet365 at the moment. If you fancy ten places, you're gonna have 200 to one on Brendan Steel. And that is the point here. Moving away from the agronomy. Every year here, there's just crazy prices involved. McElroy won this. He was second favourite last time out, 14 to one in 2019. But around him, we had Jim Furick at 125 to 1, finished runner up. Eddie Pepper was 300 to 1. And Johnny Vegas, you know, Rory's talking about strong, aggressive uh, guys off the tee. Johnny Vegas was 175 to 1. Throw in Branch Schnedeker, 200 to 1, full each way payout. And then you had from the cream of the crop, McElroy at 14s. Fleetwood at twenty-eight to one, and Dustin Johnson at twelve to one. John Rahm led at fifty-four holes and went a little bit scatty in his final round.
2: Yeah.
0: So I think what you're going to see this week is a sprinkle of elites, and you're going to get some big triple-digit players in the mix because it happens here each and every year. And do you know what? Sometimes they win.
2: Yeah.
0: Webb Simpson, when he won this in 2018, was a hundred. Let me repeat that. 100 to 1.
2: <laughs> what was Wu? Right. 500,
0: I think, wasn't he? He was, five, he was 500 to 1. Beat <laughs> Ian Poulter, who was 300 to 1. Yeah. So for me, and the way that my mind works, if there's one week of the year where you shun the very top of the betting market, it's this one. Just to put some meat on the bones here, we've had McElroy win this. McElroy hadn't won for 12 months before he won this last year. So very similar situation to what he's in at the moment. He won at 14-1. to Jason Day was the world number one when he won at 12-1 to in 2016. He'd won at Bay Hill two months prior. And we also had a short price winner in Tiger Woods, who, lo and behold, was the world number one. He'd won at Bay Hill two months prior. But apart from that, I can't see any winner of this that had won in the season prior to winning the players. So in a way, I'm not really looking to go... Towards players of the ilk of Colin Morikawa because he won a couple of weeks ago, and it doesn't kind of fit the pattern. Don't ask me why. And people, these trends you come out with, Stu. Blah, blah, blah. You, how can you, how can you build a betting card around that? Well, I'm only just bringing out the facts here. You know, um, Bryson won last week. Um, we've got uh, we've got Colin Morikawa who won the week before that. Um, there's a, there's a list of players there that you could fancy. Daniel Berg has already won this year, Patrick Reed. For me, I'm crossing them off the list because I just don't see previous winners in a season or in a calendar year prior to winning the players actually winning this unless you're world number 1. So. and yeah. I don't think Dustin Johnson seems to have gone completely off the boil.
2: Yeah. Some of these guys, some of the one, some of the guys have shown of top form already this year. Will be keeping their powder relatively dry for the Masters now. The next, the next time Absolutely. they'll want to peak will be Absolutely. in a month or so's time. Is April, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that's not to say that they can't or shouldn't or won't try, because that's not how they, how it works. But clearly, <clears throat> if they're gonna gonna try and attempt to to get their game into the right shape to to win the Masters, then it's about peaking for that particular week.
0: When I was looking at the top of the board over the weekend because we had some prices and I was just sitting here you know cogitating and whatever, the only player at the top of the bet, the betting board that I could see that would press extremely hard this this tournament that had already won was Brooks Kepka and he withdrew because with Brooks, you kind of think the way that his mindset is if I can get another big win before the masters. That gets the intimidation factor going. That gets the we're scared of Brooks at Majors going again in his mind, positioning himself for the for the Masters. So to see him pull out, that was the one that I was really contemplating. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, and again, as I said, um, as, as I said a few seconds ago, um, twelve months Rory McElroy hadn't won before winning this. Webb Simpson hadn't won for four and a half years. Siwoo Kim hadn't won for eight months. We've got Ricky Fowler when he won here in 2015 from off the pace. He hadn't won for three years. So, you know, we're not seeing players here win this. We're seeing great players win this. Matt Kuchar, two years he hadn't won prior to winning this in 2012. And KJ Choi was another one, three years in 2011. He had won for three years on the PJ Tour before winning this. So players that haven't won for a period of time I like, players that see this as a real stepping stone in their career can really bounce forward from this. You, you've got to find players that are genuinely motivated, and as you said, Paul, a lot of this is. Uh, if you've already got the win and you know you're playing well, why are you seriously going to go after the players when you've got Augusta in four weeks' time? You're going to keep the powder dry, in my opinion. So to me, players at the top of the list I think that really will want to come into this and fire. McElroy, of course. Rahm, he hasn't won for a while. And JT, sitting there at 20-1 to JT. But he's just got far too many destructive drives in him at the moment. For my liking. And then you've got Xander at 20-1 to that keeps staring at winning and doesn't. (laughs) He might pop up, because he's had a second place here. This is the fact that the course isn't it it's such a neutral golf course the best player on the week wins and that's what they've always tried to get this tournament to be and it works you don't have to have a certain shot you can be Jim Furick and finish a couple of shots back of Rory McIlroy the best driver of the golf ball on the planet but that's that's TPC Sawgrass Stadium course.
2: Yeah, it does make a challenge in terms of getting or whittling down your shortlist because it's a nightmare. Yeah, you you can't necessarily start striking players no. off your list just because they don't fit a certain game shape, um, because as you say, there's there's many weird and wonderful ways to uh, to navigate your way around this track.
0: Yeah, Branch Snedeker, Eddie Pepperell, Johnny Vegas, Rory McIlroy, Tommy Fleetwood, all at the top of that 2019 leaderboard. Mm. I think personally there's something in... I, I do like players or prefer players that have at least had a decent outing in Florida in the last couple of weeks just to kind of acclimatise themselves to Florida golf. Mm. Saying that, my top selection hasn't done that but he's a bit of a horse for a course, I think. Anything to add to that, Barry? In terms of sawgrass?
1: No, pretty pretty well summed up. I like, it's, I like the fact that it allows... Uh, players with different skill sets to to all compete on the same course
0: Mm. I'm all for it I'm just looking here McIlroy 6th at Bay Hill 2nd in Mexico prior to winning this at 14 to 1 Jim Furyk had finished in the top 10 on his previous outing the week before at the Honda uh, sorry two weeks before at the Honda Classic so there was something to hold on to there with Jim Johnny Vegas had finished 16th the week before at Bay Hill where he'd really driven the ball beautifully. And Tommy Tommy Fleetwood had finished third at Bay Hill the week before. So they, those were the top five in 2019. So that little bit of Florida form, I think, um, is something to look into. Right, I've kind of said where I'm at at the top of the market. The first I've plumped for is Patrick Cantlay who I think is playing very nice golf at the moment, is Mr. Cantley. And one thing that you can see here, I'm I'm going through my post-it notes here, guys, so stick with me. Um, McElroy, in his two previous outings to winning this, was 6th for approach and 13th for approach, strokes gain in his two previous outings. Uh, Webb Simpson, the year year before that, he'd he'd been 5th, for approach and ninth for approach in his two outings before so players that have been hitting their irons very close I mean it makes logical sense doesn't it players that have been really hitting their irons nicely on approach and that's kind of why I like the look of JT because if there's one strength of his game that isn't waning it's the irons because he was second for strokes gained approach at, at concession he, he, he was right up there with Morikara in terms of that approach play. But his driving was so, so destructive. It was it was unbelievable. Even Jason Day was top 10 for approach the year he won here uh, at, at um, Harbour Town. Two outings. Two outings. He was 10th for a strokes gain approach at Harbour Town. And then the outing before, he was 5th in New Orleans where he was fifth for strokes gained T to green that particular week. So I'm looking for guys that are showing some decent T to green and approach numbers, effectively. That brought me to Cantlay. For me, if he was to win this... And there's no reason why he can't because, again, I think it could be a situation with, say, if Cantley was to get into the mix, I don't think he's going to be surrounded by a huge list of big names around him because that doesn't seem to happen here. Mm. If it's Cantley versus a, a Xander, for example, at the top of the
1: betting. <laughs> he still if, wins because zander I can't close. Well, this is, this is the point. And
0: this is the point here, though, isn't it? It's like, well, okay, if you had Cantley versus John Ron. He's not the ultimate PGA Tour closer, is he, John Rahm? In the States, he he gets a lot of near misses. He closes on the European, but this is what you might find that Cantley ends up with Webb Simpson, and he might actually convert. This is the point. I think you get this here. You get the kind of sub-elite players that use this as a stepping stone. I think Cantley's right in that mould. Also, with Patrick Cantley, an absolutely unbelievable Pete die golf course record come to my preview golf betting system use duck duck go search for golf betting system you'll come and find us um and if you look at Cantley, his record at these kind of Pete Die designs is brilliant he's had a ninth and a second at PJ West he's also had third seventh and third at Harbortown very, very strong record. So I've taken Cantley off the top. And I'm just going for these juicy mid-prices because I, I don't think that's a bad play this week. Um, I'm going for Tyrrell Hatton, who I thought showed quite a lot last week with clearly Thursday was a nightmare. Sunday didn't work at all. But his play on Friday and Saturday was brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. So I thought 33-1 to for a player that's won the Arnold Palmer invitation and has a great Florida record... And again, I could see Hatton popping up here, winning this and using it as the biggest winner of his career, big statement. I think Hatton fits at thirty-three to one. I managed to get that ten places each way with Betfred yesterday,
2: which yeah, I was quite pleased. Is, is another one, isn't he? Who um, the, the next career step is? Is this you know this kind of level? It's a WGC or it's a Players Championship before potentially progressing and uh, you know seriously contending and potentially winning a major. He did something, you talk about his slow start, he did something very similar at um, the Dubai Desert Classic, didn't he, a couple of weeks or a month or so ago, and um, had an absolute shocker on the Thursday, and then uh, then came out and, um, and shot 64 or something on the Friday to give himself a fighting chance, and um, again, he got himself in, into the mix. Um, well, kind of semi-contention, didn't he, with that string of birdies um, to to make it through the cut line, and uh, and and uh, you know he was in a half-decent spot, but couldn't quite uh, get it going on the on the Sunday, as many couldn't um, last week.
0: He just plays well in Florida. Seventh mm-hmm. for strokes going off the tee, thirteenth uh, for approach, sixth for around the green, and fourth tee to green last week. If you look at that set of numbers on Monday and you didn't pick him, again, I'd be jumping off of the roof of the house here and why didn't you pick Tyrrell Hatton? Mm. Those numbers are very, very similar to the outing he had in Mexico prior to winning the Arnold Palmer Invitational 12 months ago. They're pretty much exactly the same numbers. So I had to take Hatton. And then... Players that haven't won for a period of time, but are hitting the ball nicely and are playing some good stuff at the moment. Fleetwood, in Florida, he just goes well in the Sunshine State. So I've taken Fleetwood at forty-five to one. I've taken him eight places each way, fifty odds with Bet three six five on Fleetwood. He just, yeah, you know, this a course where you need to be diligent, strategic. Metronomic. I think that suits Fleetwood. He just needs to straighten out the driver. He, he's got a destructive drive or two in him. I mean, you saw what he did on eighteen on Sunday. Yeah. And the other one, I just, I've had to go for. I know he hasn't had a sniff of victory for years. I know that as soon as he gets into contention, he falls apart. But if I was seeing Hideki Matsuama four off the lead Saturday night, going into Sunday here, and he's can fire one of those crazy 63s and 64s like he does when everything clicks. I could see Matsuama winning this, and I've taken him at 35-1 um, to 1 again. I've taken the full 10 places on Betfred, because I know what his deck is like. Mm-hmm. He could be leading on Sunday and get a tie for ninth. Um, So I've taken a lower price, 35 to 1, Barry listening, 35 to 1 lower price, but the full 10 places on Hideki Matsuama. He was available at 40 to 1, 8 places with Bet365 when I put this out.
1: Changing the way people bet, you know, this is going to force the bookies into chasing more and more places and we can only be, you know, we're just going to be winners at the end of the day. I hope. Um, Are you worried about Hideki, though? Like He hasn't won since, what, is it, 2017? No, well,
0: nor Ricky Fowler.
1: I've I've gone through the narrative. But you're not backing Ricky this week, are you? No.
0: Plenty of non-winners win this, uh, or plenty of winners that haven't won for a while win this, and that's kind of where I'm at. Fleetwood clearly never won on the PGA Tour. Um, I've got Matsuama who hasn't won for three and a half years. That doesn't mean he doesn't win this week, according Mm -hmm. to the history of this tournament. That's where I'm at. I just thought Matsuama at forty to one's not a bad price, and oh, yeah. they're, and they're not pure Bermuda grass greens. They're these greens with velvet bent grass in them, which he actually likes.
2: A bit, a bit of unfinished business after last year because he, he was absolutely flying, wasn't he, when, it, mm. when
0: play got called? The one I the what there was a couple a bit deeper. I mean, Im's a great shout. Cameron Smith's been playing some beautiful mm. stuff. Paul Casey's the other one, and. You know, you know where this podcast is with Paul Casey.
1: You know where Steve is with Paul Casey. He doesn't speak for myself and Paul. <laughs> Come on, like, yeah, the, the...
0: Well, I, I can't. I... I can't remember you ever tipping up Paul Casey, Baron.
1: No, I can't. It's mm. it's just I could never. I could never pick him at the right time, and 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 so the times I did, it just went it completely backfired. So. Just put them on the X list and save yourself the emotional and mental trauma. Like You just don't need that in your life. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, all I'll do
0: is, let me, sorry, Paul, I'll, I'll say this, I'll shut up. Top top five of my strokes gained T to green last eight weeks. One, Cantley, Two, Tony Fee now. Three, tied with Dustin Johnson and John Rahm, is Paul Casey. He is playing some great stuff, but... <laughs> He hasn't got a great record here, and when he has got in the mix, as you just kind of purported to, he's got a he's got a quadruple bogey in him when the you know when the sh- it starts getting down to to the real golf. So, I didn't go for Paul Casey. Yeah,
2: probably on the seventeenth on Sunday. And um, full confession, then I've backed Paul Casey.
1: Oh, my god.
2: <laughs> Are you joking
1: me? Oh my we- god! We- oh, okay. Uh,
2: Fifty-five to one, um, with eight places. I looked at, and um, you know, I, the thought that went through my mind was, this isn't a major championship, so maybe, just maybe, he can get the job done. And actually, he didn't, fa-
0: he didn't fall apart at the PGA, did he? No,
2: he didn't. No, 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 no. He did. He, you know, that was that was clearly his best effort today. Um, and his form since that, I mean, his form over the last five weeks, or five stars, has been outstanding, hasn't it? Well, eighth at the American Express, one one in da, uh, Dubai, and um, twelfth mm. in that event, um, the Saudi event that was uh, clearly star-studded, fifth at Pebble, tenth last yeah. week at the Arnold Palmer. So there's there's lots of good income in form. You know, green's regulation strong, stroke's going to approach, tee to green, oh, yeah. both solid. Number's great. Yeah. 10th I mean, um, here and debuted back in t- t- 2004. A couple of decent efforts. There have been some a lot of miscuts, actually. So it's all, it's all or nothing with him here. But um, for a play, kind of fits what I have in my mind as a, a kind of a, a sawgrass contender, um, at that price, um, I was quite happy to take it on. Mm. 55s. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've put him up. I, I backed... Um, in running, because clearly we had, the, um, we had the market up, didn't we, during the course of last week. And um, I watched quite a bit of the golf last week and Justin Rose really caught my eye. Um, and, um, you know, he's got Dave Clark on the bag again. He's back with Sean Foley. He's, he's uh, swinging well. He's putting well as well. Looked really good. So I backed him at 71 and then uh, clearly had his back it, issues. and pulled He out.
0: had a back spasm, <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so I'm kind of, hey of lumbered, <laughs> I'm kind of lumbered <laughs> with this bet, um, which um, and he's been pushed out. I think mean, you get 100 to 1 on him now. So it's not even good value having taken it in play. But, um, but yeah.
0: It's kind of yin and yang with Paul Casey, with me. Logically, this would be the biggest win of his career. So that yeah. fits. He is playing outstanding golf. That fits. Yeah. And he's the right kind of price. That 55 to 1 spot has been a. I mean, Martin Keimer won this at 90 to 1 in 2014.
2: Yeah.
0: Ricky Fowler, 66s. You know, these kind of elite players do win. Simpson at 100 to 1. So he does fit Casey. I just couldn't. So,
2: yeah.
0: It, again, it's probably going to be one of the biggest regrets of my betting career when we record this next Tuesday. But that, at least you'll have that landed. That, what?
1: that we didn't abuse Paul more about the bet, Steve. Come on. Yeah. I can't believe we wasted all these minutes on Paul Casey. <laughs> okay. like, this is this is. Let, this let, let, let's move an forward. to the listeners. Come on. Who are you?
0: Who are you on them,
1: Baron? Uh, even though you said winning in this calendar year is not uh, great, I just want to point that out, Steve. You completely contradicted yourself and put your headline bet as Tyrell Hatton, who's won not too long ago. Um, not in
0: America, though, but yeah, I, I see what you're saying.
1: Oh, good asterisk. Nice. <laughs> I um, Yeah, I, I kind of had Hatton poking, popping into my head over last weekend and uh, backed he him does, as well. He makes a lot
0: of sense, Baron.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, once when when I saw him pop, uh, bounce back from that poor first round to just and, and looking at his uh, stats over the rest of the week, uh, this he's clearly he's doing varied. something very nicely. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, I
0: I don't I just don't and and we know this we do this each and every week. Players defending titles for a professional golfer it either can go very good or very bad, and it's just one of those.
1: Yeah, it started
0: poorly, but then he was he he was yeah. what he was with was he playing with Rory and, oh, and it just all went and Frankie played awfully.
1: Oh, he was he, all over the place. Oh, talk about a bad shape by us. Jesus, <laughs> we, we thought we saw something coming, and uh, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> tra- missed the, cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When we were looking the wrong way, the train hit us, <laughs> and poor Frankie. Um, yeah, hopefully he just finds whatever had him out of sync last week. If you look at those British golfers, Fleetwood, Hatton, Casey,
0: Fitzpatrick even. It's like Fitzpatrick. I mean, clearly I had money on him. And you just watch him and everything's kind of going all right. And then all of a sudden, double bogey. And he gets near the top of the leaderboard again. and And then double bogey. With Hatton, he's just got that little bit of swagger about him when he can get to the top of leaderboards. And I put this in my commentary: his numbers are mad at the moment, Matt. If you look at Hatton worldwide, you know, fifty-four percent top ten rate over his last twenty-four starts globally—that's madness. Yeah, he has been really. And he's good, at thirty-three to one.
1: Disrespect.
2: Yeah, world well, number seven, isn't he? So yeah, he's he's better than that.
1: There's a prize play right there. World number 7 is 33 to 1. Plays well in Florida, currently playing well. You know he's a closer when he gets in in you know when he get get into the hunt. That's a really good price play, I think. He's like actually- the ones where we saw Brooks at 28. Yeah.
2: You yeah, know, yeah,
1: and he yeah, almost yeah. won or when Brooks was 50 and he did win, you mm. know, just the numbers don't stack up. Thirty-five so you take to one, advantage. right now he is
0: thirty-five to one, right now we bet eight places each way. Han, that's mad. Who else? Who I you, Baron. Uh, do you know what? The, the, te- you must the, be the, tempted on Louis, aren't you?
1: You old muck uh, not and Louis. after not after last week. You don't know what Louis dropped out with. Maybe he saw that it was going to be a brutal week and went and we got my back <laughs> and. But he also does. I reckon have... he's
0: gone to the John, mate. Five minutes before tea time, he's sitting there on the yeah. John. He's singing, This is going to be brutal. And yeah. i playing well. Players next.
1: Oh, my back's gone. Oh, my back's me gone. Neck. Me neck. And the thing is, that unknown, I want, more, I want more in his price for that unknown about yeah. where, what yeah. place he's in. And <clears throat> coupled with that, he doesn't have the most stellar record around TPC Sawgrass. He's just got. Uh, well, one nineteenth a few years ago, and then he was uh, second in twenty six seventeen. Yeah. Other than that, not nothing great to write home about. So I've passed over him. I'm kind of tempted by uh, Max Homa. He I mean, he's just mm. swinging and playing so well, and every week I think like oh my, he's he's this is going to be his eighth week in a row. But like he's clearly just <laughs> playing awesome golf at the moment. The so only fun- thing I'm worried about is I need to ask you guys. How do debutants go here at Solgrass? Oh, you can place 10 places. Eh. No, uh, Max, someone tweeted
0: me last night and they said, "Why is Max Homer at 90 to one?" And I replied, he, "Well, he shouldn't be, he shouldn't be a 50 to one shot Homer, but 90 to one does seem quite a generous price.
1: hmm You know, when
0: you when you're putting him a, a same kind of price as a Russell Henley, for example, who Henley hasn't been exactly stellar so far this year. He's playing nice stuff. I yeah, you know, the, the the last person to win on debut here was Perks back in 2002. Mm. Doesn't tend to happen, but there's absolutely no reason why Max Homer can't easily get in the frame. And you can you can get right now 90 to 1 with eight places with bet 365. Mm. And that, I think you see that quite often at the players, don't you? Someone that is clearly... Kevin Kisner, I can remember. Someone that had been playing some really good golf for a long period of time in the build-up. They're not a big name, relatively. And they just keep playing that good golf this week. Yeah, I can see Homer. I can definitely see Homer. The other one that I've taken at a deeper price before we start to wrap this up is Abraham Anser, who does tend to collapse when he's got a sniff of the lead and I have taken him at 10 places with bet uh with betfair I think it was sportsbook yep 70 to 1 because again metronomic fairways greens just about long enough he's not he's not a Jim Furyk um and again another player with a fantastic Pete Dye design record
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good angle to look at, and a, as I say, there's a long list of die tracks in your preview as well to, to peruse if you're yeah. inclined to do a lot of research on it, but uh, it does pop up quite often, doesn't it, the,
0: the peak so, dye aspect. Apart from Paul Casey, Paul, who else are you pulling the trigger on? I I would have thought you'd be tempted on Cam Smith, because you, you, yeah. you backed him the other week.
2: Yeah, no, the only other one I've backed, I've I've backed Rose in play, I've backed Casey, the only other one I've backed so far is Alex Noren at 200-1, to Um, Mm. and uh, he's he's flashed a few bits of form as well, 12th at the Genesis where he was uh, putting a good third for putting average. Uh, 49th last week, but fifth for greens and regulation, which is a stat that I do tend to look out for with Norren. When he's hitting greens, he can be a very good player. And actually, if you look back the last nine months or so, he's been um, he's been far improved. He did go right off the boil for a bit, but um, he seems to be coming back. Um, and a decent enough record here. Tenth in twenty seventeen, he led the field for greens and regulation that week. Seventeenth um, in twenty eighteen, he was uh, top ten, eighth for driving accuracy that week as well. Missed cut last time, but um, you know, two hundred to one. I'm happy to to write that off and, and give him a chance here. And he's the kind of name, Alex Norin, you could see sneaking into a kind of mm-hmm. a sixth or an eighth place position sure. here, and, and and pay out a decent uh, decent each way payout. So yeah. So, yeah, Norris is the only one I've backed. The the other one I'm going to back, um, just waiting for all the markets to come up, is Charlie Hoffman, first-round leader.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, He's been first-round leader here before... some decent recent form as well. I think you you talked about it briefly last week in the pod. Yeah, you?
0: we said well, he, he's a good bet, wasn't he? And he what backed yeah. all the top ten. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. To finish tenth, he'd finished seventh at Pebble tenth last week. Um, he hasn't been first round leader for twelve events, so that's that's a, you know that's a relatively uh, long stretch for Charlie Hoffman. So <laughs> he's, he's just about due another one. <laughs> he, he, he does like to pop up first round leader in these elite leaderboards, doesn't he? So. Um, there was 110s yesterday with a limited number of bookies. I'm hoping I might get 125s wow. and, uh, wow. and pull the trigger.
0: There. He looks like he looks like a new man. He, he's clearly motivated. He's, he looks like he's lost a lot of timber. Yeah. He looks absolutely jacked, doesn't he? He's clearly got this new regime, and he's he's a motivated individual. With Hoffman, he's going to pop at some point. Yeah. He's going to come very close at one of these lower level tournaments. You've just got to try and find the right one at the right price.
1: Mm. Yeah. Did you just call the players a lower level tournament? <laughs> yeah. well, I no, no, no. I mean, what, I
0: mean in the future a yeah.
1: lower level tournament. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm talking what about actually is,
0: is, is being in win the mix win. back nine Sunday, Hoffman yeah. will get there at some stage. It's just where is it going to be? Yeah, yeah. Could could be a Copperhead or a Valspar or a I don't know if it's the Honda next week. Just for reference, first round leader, Matsuama last year, nine under was 40 to 1. He started in the morning. Year before that, Keegan Bradley, I mean and Tommy Fleetwood. AMPM split, seven under sixty-fives, seventy-five to one Keegan Bradley, 45 to 1 Tommy Fleetwood.
1: I've taken Keegan first round leader. Yeah, he's yeah. He's, he's. I'm hard. not even. Yeah. I'm not even waiting. Is the, is are the tee times out? I mean, shows how much research no, I did no, on no. that bet. Big but doesn't it just, matter. he had a poor. Yeah, he had a poor day on Sunday last week. But other than that, he's, he's playing quite well, and it's the kind of thing you could you could see him pop up and do it uh, grab the first round leader. He's doing Keegan Bradley things, isn't he? he's hitting
0: yeah. so many fairways and greens. And if he if he just puts a tad over neutral he's just racking up five and six underscores isn't he on a course yeah. like this yeah
1: and the other the other one I'm thinking about a little bounce back from um another uh, from is Rory I you know e- even though he's gone on in the media about like everything being off like his last six results are third 16th 13th miscut sixth tenth so like he's not playing bad golf but he's been kind of forced into these answers by the media at least that's my perception of it I think he'll have a little bit of a point to prove getting out this week. So, um, yeah, he's like tw- twice as odds for a first round leader as he is for the outright market. We ha-
0: said last week, what price would he be if he had a pretty, you know, and he was 10th last week, back door, mm-hmm. and they've actually jumped his odds up to a 16 to 1, which I think is more than backable. But, yeah. Yeah, interesting. I think that's us, gentlemen, isn't it?
2: Yeah, all good. All good. Best of luck.
1: I'm kind of a little bit unsure this week I threw a little threw a little few euro on on Westy as well just on the on the hope that he's continuing to swing well he'll just pick up if the course plays the right way he'll pick it apart yeah Yeah, I
0: I had a good look at Westy it's just when you've looked last couple of years when he's gone really close the outing after he hasn't but yeah if he can string two oh. big weeks together, I better no ask for I better become. ask for a refund on that one then. <laughs> no, I don't know. But this is the point. He if he if he was to get a big top five this week, he's he's kind of almost telling Patrick Harrington, You've got to pick me at least for the Ryder Cup, isn't he? Yeah. When he's mixing it in these huge tournaments with the best in the world.
2: He's another one who's um, picked out some good first round leader scores at an elite company over the years as well. He might be another one to, to look out for first round leader.
0: You you are we are the kiss of death. It has to be said, you picked him out first round leader for the WGC. He was awful. Yeah. And then the week after he goes and almost wins the Arnold Palmer oh, invitational. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's classic stuff, it the, really the, is. The radar's just slightly off at the moment. Yeah, exactly. Right, thanks, gentlemen. Enjoyed the show. Best of Um, luck, guys. Thanks to listeners. And uh, I hope that your bets and your DraftKings teams all go very well this week uh, across both the players and Qatar. Again, if you could leave us a five-star review, that is always much appreciated by us here at the Golf Betting System podcast. And, uh, of course, Golf Betting System for all of your free content this week for the players and Qatar Masters. We'll be back again next week for I know it's the Honda Classic for me. What is it for you, Paul?
2: Um, it's the uh, Magical Kenya Open.
0: Magical, I'm sure it will be. <laughs> Good to